welcome to the Lodge Real Estate Home Truths Podcast. Join us as we speak the truth about home ownership, the housing market, and the place we call home, Hamilton. Come on in and make yourself comfortable. Hello and welcome. You've pressed play on Lodge's Home Truth Podcast. I'm your host for this episode, Jeremy O'Rourke, Managing Director of Lodge Real Estate. And today we have a great story for you. Selling your home for the first time can be a whole new kettle of fish. Fresh jargon to listen to, uh, fresh processes to step through, uh, and things that you've maybe not previously understood about uh, selling a home when you went through the process of buying. It can also be tricky to read through the uh, lines and see what is actually going on in the real estate market and determine if now is the best time to sell, if of course you have the choice to share their journey with us, the stories of selling for the first time. We have uh, one of our vendors, Rosie, with us and her Lodge real estate agent, Amanda Riley. Great to have you both here. Welcome. Thanks, Jeremy. Good to be here. As always, before we get started, we're going to kick off with our uh, Two Truths and a Lie segment. I'll get each of you to uh, read three statements, and at the end of this episode, we'll determine which one, in fact, was uh, a lie. So, Amanda, maybe if I can start with you. Sure. If you've bought a house, then you automatically know the process when you come to sell it. It's important to get your property exposed to as many potential buyers as possible. And if you bought your house as a first home buyer, it's likely that it'll be a first home buyer that buys it when you come to sell. Three interesting statements. We'll uncover the lie on that. And Rosie, if I can have yours, please. Cool. We've kept it pretty simple. So the first one is um, it's best to take your decluttering and your depersonalizing of your house as far as possible. Um, and then the next one is uh, it's good to use your agent, but always also do your own market research. And then um, the last one is it's always much more straightforward when you're the seller rather than being a buyer or particularly a first-time buyer. Again, uh, three interesting uh, statements and we'll uncover the lie uh, at the end of the episode. Righto, Rosie, if I could just start with you. Um, I'd like to, if you don't mind sharing, start from the beginning. What were your reasons uh, for selling and did you consider anything, any other way of actually looking after the property? Well, uh, yes, we did um, originally think we sort of knew we wanted to move, and so we are. We definitely had to do had to do it like now when we're moving um, for my husband's job. So we knew we needed to do something with the house, um, and we'd always kind of planned it because he finished his university degree, and you know we'd be ready at that point to step up into something else. But um, we did actually look at whether we rent it out and then buy as well, so that would be you know, starting an investment property journey, but um, just the way it worked out once we talked to our mortgage broker, we realised that uh, it wasn't really financially viable because of the, you know, the LVRs around um, for investment properties are just a bit high. We essentially wouldn't have had much money to buy anything with. So that was um, not ideal. So that's when we realised, yeah, we're going to definitely um, look at selling. And yeah, because Obviously, there was some hesitation because they do know like how the market has gone, you know, and it's particularly even more so at the start of the year. Like it's quite it's a different situation now, but you know there was some hesitation there. But um, I think you know we we were one of those people that needed to sell, so we wanted to do it. And you know, yes, but we're in the situation that we we're buying and selling in the same market. So oh, yeah. well, let's yeah. let's unpack that uh, a little bit. Um, you knew you. you 
originally had this idea that you might want to rent it and, and start an investment property and move. So what, what was the first step? Where did you go first for advice? So first we, um, we kind of did two things at once-ish. We talked to our mortgage broker, who's Jordan from um, Total Mortgages. So we kind of needed to know if it was financially viable, like how much money, if we were going to keep it as an investment property, how much money could we then buy with? Yep. And we knew kind of how much money we needed to buy with. Yes. Um, especially because we are looking in the Auckland market, and obviously that is quite a bit more expensive. Um so you needed that extra equity in the home, and that was determined after you spoke to Jordan. He said, hey, listen, look, you're going to have some struggles here um, to find yeah. in the Auckland market unless we actually offload your, your your current house. Amanda, is that a typical way that people would go about things, or you oh, know, how else do you see people yeah. selling for the first that, time? And I know that Rosie also got a rent appraisal from yes, Lodge Rentals, so, we, so yeah, that was helpful to, to know. For that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we were actually quite pleased with what we could have got in rent, um, but obviously it just still didn't quite swing it. When we needed to, we would only have had like you know seven hundred or something to buy in Auckland, which you can't buy a lot there um, for that. So, you know, it was definitely um, we kind of saw that selling was a good thing. And the other side of it was also, you know, it is like your first home, and you know, were we going to be able to detach ourselves enough to have tenants in there in our property? You know, and that, that's that personal connection. And I know that's why a lot of people don't always end up renting. It's because you're going to so, you're going to lose the what you're actually moving from uh, yeah. to some degree, and oh, you're you know, still going to survive. Yeah. yeah, you'd put a lot of love into that property. Yeah. 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 So, so we've gone and seen uh, Jordan. We've uh, figured out what we actually need to um, sell the house. Was it was it much you had to do in sort of in sort of preparing the house and getting it ready for sale? Ah, oh, definitely. <laughs> we spend um, a lot of time working on the house, and it's not because um, you know it was perfectly livable, but. Um, I think knowing the market, you know, wasn't like it was a couple of years ago. We really wanted to make the property stand out. And um, because my husband being a very busy student, you know, we started with a hiss and a roar with our renovating over the first two years. And then it had really sort of slowed down. And there was quite a few jobs that, you know, we just wanted to do to make it you know, look amazing. Um, so let's go specifically and, and talk about what were the jobs that you actually had to uh, to do? Uh, well, we had painted most of the house except for the laundry. So we had to paint paint our laundry and we, you know, that was also changing lighting. And um, then we had to, uh, we had to build baseboards around two sides of our house because um, it was something the previous owners had taken them off or they kind of, needed fixing uh we there was a lot of cleaning related things i did a lot of water blasting a lot of cleaning and scrubbing decks so mm. they looked new and the way we live is not always the way we want to present our house no, really we going that's with really that, right? it because yeah. you know you don't necessarily always need to scrub your own deck um, but you know it made it look a lot better it did um, and in my opinion was sought in terms of what should they do and what could they leave and some of that comes down to both budget and time availability as well so just um, some things that um, I didn't feel needed to be done which was a relief and some just some small mm. things to finish off um, like changing the vanity was something you, you were sort of thinking yeah. of doing and it made a huge difference to yeah. the bathroom it just elevated so it, it made our bathroom look like yeah brand new rather than 
you know, 20 years old. So Amanda, <laughs> would this be typical where you get called in and you go through a house and, hey, listen, we live nice and comfortably, it's an easy house to live in, but we can see small areas small where you can, spend, you can spend um, a little bit of money, yes. but they're actually a big investment. Um, and and would, where would those normally be? Bathrooms, kitchens? Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it can be um, a colour choice, if there's a colour that can be a little bit jarring. So mm, you know. Our flooring. Our flooring was uh, blue speckled vinyl in the kitchen and bathroom, and we changed that to a very neutral light colour. Um, you know, and it only cost a few hundred dollars, but it was definitely... Made a, made a big difference in presenting yeah. the home and, yeah. and increasing the saleability yeah, um, of the home and maybe also the value that you actually yeah. derive out of it because the two are different. One is you know presenting mm-hmm. so that people can actually be easily attracted to the home and the other one is a maximisation of, um, of of the money that you've got invested in yes. a property, right? Yeah, yeah I yeah. wished we'd done it earlier to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> and painting those front steps, like the first appearance yeah. is, is really, really important because people spend a few extra minutes there taking off their shoes and yeah, I I really like first appearances to to Perfect. be good. So if we if we talk through the listing process, because being a first home seller is differently different than a first home um, buyer, mm. were there any surprises in that sort of listing process that Amanda took you through? Um, I definitely thought there was a lot of detail to do. Um, you know, like we had to you know your form is quite long, and you, know, you go through all the chattels and everything and. Um, We've got an AMLU, which is a yeah. You know, most people are sort of have, haven't been through that for a, for a long time. Yeah, so you know there were a few steps, but I mean you definitely made it very straightforward, and it's not like we spent hours and hours on that. Um, and you know we didn't. You know I think it was as straightforward as it could be, but you know at the end of the day you are listing a house for yeah, sale. There's, there's yeah, a lot of detail on what people are actually um, buying, but there's also a number of decisions that you need to make through that whole listing uh, process. So yeah. how did you go about deciding on the level of investment you were going to make in uh, marketing and um, some of the other areas that you need to decide on? Uh, well, marketing, I kind of already had um, some ideas in mind just because it's um, my industry, but um, Amanda was quite good at recommending you know, what what we could do and then skipping ahead but like throughout the process there's so much reporting with digital marketing that we could see how exactly the property was going so we definitely focused on digital and I mean we definitely had the fact that you know we didn't feel like we needed a video because our our property's not huge you know and it's not like a million dollar property so we didn't feel like we needed to do that sort of thing and but and you're, keeping you're, you're, you're dealing with first home buyers typically yeah. first home sellers are selling to first home buyers so mm. did we invest more in sort of the uh, trade me side of it and the upgrades into uh, realestate.co or were you, were you more intent on social media was a bit of a mix of both but Amanda maybe you could jump in. Yeah sure so it was quite a heavy focus on social media um, and also we went into it knowing that if we didn't achieve a sale you know in a reasonably short time frame that um, we were open to discussions about adding more to that marketing package, package to give okay. it another boost if we needed it as okay, we went so we along. had a calendar ahead of us and we yep. went right this is a time that we need to actually make a decision to either upgrade things or yes. push things along if we're not getting the sort of inquiry that we were expecting yes. well how do we go about deciding on price did we price it did we go to auction what, were, what, what, what did that process sound like yeah we knew we didn't want to do an auction or like and talking to Amanda like it wasn't really um, appropriate but we did probably go back and f- back and around about the price a little bit, um, you know, and it was you know very conscious of 
we wanted to price it and get the most amount of money so that we can then buy with the most amount of money, but also that we didn't want to sit on the market or go into high. Um, so there was a bit of back and forth and we did end up going probably more for the higher amount and then we did end up bringing it back a little bit, but, and you know, we did get sort of feedback from other agents too. That yeah. was it was just important to be in the right search range. Um, so you can be at the upper end of that search range if you need to be, but if you're in the wrong search range, then you can miss, miss your buyers completely. So pretty important to get that pricing and that search range, as, as, you, as you say, Amanda, even if you've got mm. a non-pricing strategy, get that search range right so that the right buyers are looking at your property so you, so you can get some sort of momentum as you, as you go to market. Yeah, and we were fairly motivated, so we definitely wanted to put a price on it. We didn't want to do buy negotiation and yeah. leave people wondering how much we were looking for. We Lost just, in the dark to some degree, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. yeah, so we were pretty clear on that. It was just deciding how high or how low or wherever we went in Amanda's appraisal range. So um, we figured out what we need to fix up uh, around the house and we, we've got on to that. We've figured out how much we're going to spend and invest in, uh, in marketing the property, make sure that lots and lots of people uh, can see it. And we figured out sort of what our pricing strategy needs to look like. It's mm. now the exciting part. We're going to market. Uh, what was the initial feedback? How did it initially go for, right, out, right out the gate? Uh, I think initially it was quite good. In fact, some of the agents, the lodge agents, when they came caravanning, and I talked to one later, she actually thought no one was living there because I'd decluttered and depersonalised <laughs> it so much until she saw our cat bowls. Um, then she was like, okay, there was at least cats living here. Um, but... You know, that was was good, and I think a lot of it was, you know, we'd done a lot of work to make it tidy and clean. Um, it was super clean. So, so like, that's obviously nice feedback to get, that, you know, all that couple months of hard work was worth it. Um, I mean, some of them thought maybe we'd gone a little bit high on the price, but, you know... It's it's all about getting into the negotiation you know, not, down the at track. The, at the end of the day, the buyers will bring you the market, right? The market yeah. will bring you the price. So we'll, mm. we'll we'll figure that out as we go. That yeah. first open home, Amanda, we know is particularly important. Um, how did that go for you? What was the first weekend of open items like? What 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 sort of initial um, reaction did you get? Yeah, it was great, and certainly the feedback from buyers about the presentation was great. Um, everybody loves clean and tidy. Nobody wants to be buying a house that they have to. Uh, to uh, yeah, clean and tidy up, um, and we we were probably week sort of two to three before we found our buyer, and it was it was a slow and steady process. Okay, yeah. so now we've got an offer on the table, and the uh, process of negotiation is underway. How did that go? I mean, it was definitely quite a negotiation, and I'd, obviously I haven't done a lot, so you guys would know um, if it was usual, but you know, there was a, quite a bit of back and forth, all within about like a six-hour period. I didn't get a lot of work done that day, um, but and there was a lot of you know coming back and forth on the price, and um, we did eventually sort of come to a conclusion, but it was you know a lot of me and um, my husband Tom talking to each other like, oh, do we want to go this low? And, you know, it was conscious that it was about a week or so after we'd gone to market. So we were like, oh, it's still quite early. But, you know, a lot a lot of the action usually happens in that first week. So we were like, oh, you know, um, and we, you know, we, are mo we were motivated that we wanted to get a deal done. Mm -hmm. So we ended up sort of meeting them in a place that we were s still comfortable with. But... Um, 
Yeah. Sounds you know, like, every negotiation. It sounds like a quite a quite a typical negotiation yeah, for yeah, a first time buyer, first time seller. It, it, that's right. And everyone is different and you know, every seller hopes to get as much as they possibly can and every buyer hopes to to pay as little as they possibly can. So I think, you know, if each feel as though they've felt a little bit of pain, then generally you're you're, you're kind yeah. of meeting somewhere in the middle. And, you know, my role as an agent is just to keep the negotiations going, even if we're going in small increments, as long as we're closing the gap each time and just keeping, and keeping remember, those negotiations we've got, going. we've got first-time buyers who are buying, first-time sellers that are selling. So, um, you know, first-time experience really for, 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 for both parties. And that's where the agent's role is so critical in making everybody feel comfortable about what they're doing and, 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 and the direction they're taking. Yeah, yeah, even if there is a little bit of squeeze. And yeah. uh, I, I don't know the intricacies of the deal, but uh, typically my experience is that a first-time uh, buyer will have a number of uh, conditions uh, in their offer. Yes. How'd that go? Yeah, there was um, obviously the usual conditions, you know, they, um, and some of them I was like a little surprised, but you know, maybe it's because I've been out of the market, like they, you know, they wanted, they went so far as to get a meth test and all that sort of thing. Um, And uh, then obviously they had their builder's report um, and there was quite a lot of negotiation around that, um, mainly because, you know, it was a very thorough builder's report, which is obviously what they want, um, but, you know, it did pull up a few things that, you know, I think there was some first-home buyer nervousness. And, you know, from our end, of course, we know, we know our property's great. <laughs> um, and you don't blame them for, you know, wanting to tick all their boxes. Um, but you but know, no, one were... wants a, no one wants a big surprise after they've bought a home, no. do they? So, no. Um, um, it's typically it's typically important that they get that builders and, um, report, and we've got a whole lot of people who we expect are uh, contemplating selling their home for the first time. So maybe if you can just expand on that a little bit, um, Rosie, when we say there was some negotiation around the builders report, they they are typically quite um, intricate these days. Uh, mm. A lot of detail contained in them. Um, what actually happened? Yeah, so they obviously their builders report threw up um, quite a few different things, but a lot of them were. Um, you know, just because it was a lot of the fact that it's a 20-ish year old house um, and so, you know, it's not brand new. So, like, you know, some of the fences weren't completely straight. In fact, one is probably a little bit more not straight than you would think, but, um, you know, they're still perfectly sound and it's things like that. And I think that one thing that we um, were a bit bamboozled by was the hot airing um, or the hot water cupboard and the like the hot water cylinder um, because they it, the water pressure wasn't quite quite to their liking despite it being a low pressure cylinder so yes. they tried to get us to change that and of course that was a no yeah so and I think it, it was about working through what was perhaps um, a, a maintenance issue or something mm. that could be reasonably expected that perhaps okay you can give a little bit on that however yeah one of the items was that they were wanting a high-pressure water system, which the home doesn't have. So okay. it, no. it's, it's not fair and reasonable to expect Rosie to have to cover the cost. And the analogy I actually gave them um, was that, look, you're buying a car with hubcaps on it, and now you want a car with mag wheels, and you're expecting the vendor to pay for those mag wheels. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, no, yeah. they're not going to get the upgrade. But I think the real lesson here for our for our listeners or you know, potential first home sellers is that um, you may well uh, see a builder's report, and do not be surprised when um, the 
purchaser comes back and maybe asks some reasonable requests of maintenance to be tidied up. Of course, I like your analogy, um, Amanda, but asking for a brand new water cylinder is not going to happen. Um, They should have actually understood that when they actually made their their offer. And uh, (laughs) most people are reasonably reasonable about those sorts of things. And the other thing, and, you know, one of the other major things they threw up was that um, we're out in Dinsdale and the land is all peat. And so things sink into the peat, and so our deck um, isn't level. And so, you know, that was one thing we kind of always knew that was going to come up. Um, and, you know, there's, it was you know, a significant cost to remedy, and equally it is still structurally sound. It's just a, you know, a fun thing about Dinsdale, and I think there's some other places around Hamilton too that are on peat. Um, and so, you know, things There's a little are, bit of movement. In, 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 yeah, in. there's a little bit of movement. So we always kind of knew the deck was going to come up, and so that wasn't a surprise. Um, and so we did negotiate. I ended up negotiating a discount on with yep. the builder's report. Um, they came in quite high. We went in lower, and then we kind of met in the middle. And it was, I guess for us, you know, we're still a bit hesitant about meeting in that middle place. But, um, you know, as Amanda said, we really wanted to get the deal done. Um, and so, you know, there was a bit like, okay. Yeah, and at that point, you had yeah. your sights set on, on well, you another know, potential yeah. property to buy. Yeah, we're looking to buy. Well, let's, we let's, let's pick up on that point because that's interesting. Most of us that are actually uh, selling our first home are also contemplating buying our uh, buying our next home. And you, you obviously had a uh, shift in cities and you're moving to uh, Auckland. How did you go about that? How did you approach sort of buying and selling? Did you find the house you wanted first and that determined what your property was worth or did you wait till you sold your property and got it all unconditional before you had cash in your hand and went buying? How did you approach it, Rosie? Well, way back when we were first talking to um, the mortgage broker, Jordan, um, we did sort of do some initial research then because we were like, oh, how much, what sort of house can we get for what sort of money? And so we kind of had it needed to know that um, in order to both price our house, not that you can change the price hugely you still got to price it to market but um, we did have to need an idea of what we could wanted to spend to kind of dictate everything else and so we'd done that quite early but then there was a few moments like when we were trying to get the house ready and also like maybe even before we went to market that we were like kind of got excited about going to open homes but then we dialed ourselves back a bit because you really have to get get that sort of deal done and get an offer and I and at least a conditional offer but I think before we went too far because um, particularly it's not so much here at the moment but Auckland has mostly auctions so you know we really weren't auction ready and there's a bit of disappointment in there you're like you know we'd get excited about a property but property but we couldn't do anything yet so we did tamper ourselves down until really once we'd um, got that conditional offer on the table um, we did start to get serious about finding something um, and then obviously once it was unconditional it was great because then we could actually go and make offers and that sort of thing. Yeah, so put you in a much stronger buying position. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so um, yeah. big journey, right? Uh, we talked to Jordan, figured out where we needed to be, uh, got Amanda in, worked out all our marketing and got through the listing um, process, got our property onto the market, advertising starting to happen, offers roll in, there's this two rounds of negotiation. How satisfying was getting that sold by sign up it was particularly satisfying particularly because um you know they they had to extend their unconditional their period to be unconditional because the bank was taking um ages and 
you know, they had to then also get a valuation on the property. And so, you know, we were all getting a bit, bit nervous. Um, and so it did just take that few extra days. But, um, um, but as Amanda will tell you, this is all quite normal and natural yeah. and something that we do see every um, week when we're selling to uh, first-time sellers. So our listeners can sort of take some lessons out of that and, and not have that same nervousness or um, you know, trepidation that you felt because yeah. it is something that is very that is quite normal in our day-to-day running of a yeah. Well, and yeah, I think particularly with finance, a lot of people are finding that, you know, um, and there are just, you know, little boxes to tick, essentially, you know, you know, they, there's several conditions to then make unconditional. Um, and so sometimes it does take a little bit longer than, you know, we had that 10 day period and it does just take a little bit longer, but, you know, we got there. So, yeah, it was very satisfying to staple the, the sold sign up. Yeah, um, if possible, I always love it if the vendors can. Um, put the sold sign up themselves because it's yeah, very satisfying. Yeah, yeah. So that was um, okay. Yeah, great. So you got a whole lot of listeners here. What tips are you giving them about being a first-time seller? Um, I would definitely, you know, in that preparation stage, um, think go as far as you can, and you know, really make your property look as amazing as it can because. You know, having also been going to lots of open homes, um, you know, there was just, you know, quite a few that we get, you know, got put off because, you know, there's like a whole entire wall of someone's baby pictures, you know, and it's like, you don't really want to, you can't really um, yeah, you're, sort of picture you're, yourself. Because you're just looking you're at looking, somebody else's uh, yeah. home and what you're trying to actually do is imagine it as your home and it's hard when somebody else has really personalised it to their own life. Yeah, and so I, you know, I think that was really quite key, and um, I think obviously you should always try and be realistic, and um, you know, I think being clear on your motivation, but also, you know, we were always very motivated, but we never wanted to get desperate because you know, while we want, we wanted to move, but you know, we didn't want to. It's a big asset that you're selling, you know, um, and you don't do it every day. Um, so what I, what I'm hearing is make sure you get clarity about what you're wanting to do and involve your salesperson in that because they're people who have got a lot of experience in doing this sort of thing every single day. So if you can get some clarity about your motivation, you can clarity about where you're going and what you're actually up to. It's not a it's not necessarily the most fun thing you're ever going to do put your property on the market, but if you no. do it correctly and you've got that clarity, you're going to get a great result. Yeah, and I think you know the open home process you know can feel like. Well, having, it's the first time you've had completely random people through your house for the first time. That can be disconcerting, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, that was a little bit like, oh. And then, you know, like the whole process of letting the buyer, you know, go through your house. Like we we were kind of surprised. They brought quite a few people to their building inspection. And we were like, oh, is that normal? But Amanda did say, oh, you know, sometimes they do bring, you know, mum and dad. Um, clearly these people had a big family because... There was like ten people, but um, you know, you know that was a little bit reassuring because we were like, oh, you know, why, why are so many people going through? Um, but and you know, and getting that, you know, the fact that open homes, we had loads of people through, you know, the first weekend, but it did definitely peter off. Um, and just getting those insights that you know that first week is the most important. Yeah. Go hard and go hard at that first week. <laughs> yeah. What would your you had to pull out one tip, Amanda, for a first home seller. What, what would it be? 
I think um, just really keeping an eye on the market day by day, week by week. And I know when we were doing some of the negotiating and then when we went into the the round of renegotiating, just keeping an eye on what comparable properties are, you know, nearby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because your buyer could also be looking at those properties. And so what are they looking at is theirs better than yours. So it was just always we were just drilling down on what the market was doing um, yeah. exactly at that time. So it's not a it's it's, it's a moving market or it yeah. can be a moving market and yep. you've got to keep abreast of that moving market. It's not just hey listen we've we've looked at it, this is the mark and go from there. It's continually reevaluate where you are and what you're actually doing to actually generate yeah. that in, uh, that that competition. Yeah, and understanding what buyers are looking at because you know they're the ones ultimately that are going to make that decision to buy your property over somebody else's. Yeah, that's why it was so good to do. Like you know, back when we were thinking, oh, what work do we do on the house? I was actually looking at other properties listed like on the lodge website and going, oh, okay, and getting even tips about staging and like, oh, you know, what how are people doing things? Because um, I was just interested and. But, you know, even we had Amanda come in through in February and then to go on the market in April, like things had shifted quite a bit and we had to, you know, look at what was happening and it was quite Recalibrate things, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so, and I mean, that's because Christmas, New Year's can be a bit slow as well. And so the stats were quite different by the time we got to April. Um, So it was... Yeah, you definitely need to keep on top of your research. You can't just do it once and walk away. And no, we often think of it. Um, you, know, uh, you know, stock markets move every single day, and mm. um, your house price probably does as as well. But we don't see it because it, you know, they transacted um, in, in in different rates. So yeah. it is something that you do need to uh, keep your eye on. It's a good journey, though. It sounds uh, like you, you you went through everything. You were meticulous about things. It was well planned. It was well executed, and um, despite uh, being a little bit nervous about running through that whole um, buying process that they had, you, you you got there in the uh, in the end, and yeah. we're going to wave goodbye to you. And you bought in Auckland, and that's an exciting <laughs> thing as well. Yes, yes, we just um, bought in an auction last week, so it was it was quite different. Getting, you know, we've moved from the selling, and then now we're we're buying again. Um, and you think, oh, do we know what we're doing? But you know, you do. Even it had been four and a bit years, you know, you do kind of forget the whole process yep. a little bit. Um, you know, what do we need to talk to the lawyer about and um, when do we get them involved? Like that was another thing it's, uh, to think through. And it's just, it's different buying today than it was four years ago. We see mm. this all the time. And so we're in this constant re-education of people because, as you say, you're four years and that's quite a short period of time for somebody to yeah. actually, um, you know, buy, sell and then buy, buy again. You know, it's a lot longer often. Um, and we have to uh, educate people on new marketing techniques and um, where money is best spent and you know we've, what's actually shifted in terms of um, sale and sellability and presentation and what to expect. So um, thanks very much for sharing that with us today. I'm yeah. going to return you uh, to our regular feature, Two Truths and a Lie, at the beginning of the program. Um, I got you both to read three statements each. Uh, two of them were truths and one of them was, was a lie. So if I can just get you to meet maybe uh, Amanda start with um, giving us your statements again and telling us which one is in fact the porky pie. Sure, okay. If you've bought a house, then you automatically know the process when you come to sell. So obviously that's that's the porky. And uh, truths being it's important to get your property exposed to as many potential buyers as possible. And if you've bought your home as a first-home buyer, then it's likely that it'll be a first-home buyer that buys it when you come to sell. 
Yeah. Okay, Rose, you get it. Yeah, we're always very clear on that <laughs> when we were marketing things. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my statements were that it was best to take decluttering and depersonalizing as far as possible. Um, and then use your agent, but always do your own market research. Um, and then the last one was, um, it's much more straightforward and easy um, as a seller. And uh, so that last one, I think you can probably guess, <laughs> is, a, is, a, is a lie. But um, I wouldn't want to put anyone off um, selling because, you know, it's it's a process and there's a bit of work involved. Yeah, but no, you get there the, in whole, the, end. the whole point is eyes wide open. You know, yeah. the, more you, the more you know and you can actually understand about the process, the, the, the better educated you are in, 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 in running through it. And that was the whole point of uh, today's podcast. So thanks very much for um, sharing the insight with us. Yeah, thanks, Rosie, and congratulations on your purchase. Yeah, thank you. And that's all we have time for today. Thanks again to our guests, Rosie and Amanda. To our listeners, make sure you subscribe to our Home Truths podcast, and we'll be back next time with uh, some more insights into the real estate industry. Thanks for joining us on the Lodge Real Estate Home Truths podcast. Learn more about today's topic and our panel guests by visiting our website, lodge.co.nz.